This is The Predictive Marketer. The Predictive Marketer? The weekly podcast featuring interviews with the most influential predictive marketing professionals on the planet to tell us what's working today and what's coming tomorrow. Where we're going, we don't need roads. The Predictive Marketer is brought to you by SQ Media. Episode 2 of The Predictive Marketer, we discuss predictive content analytics and learn how it enables marketers to know exactly what content buyers are most interested in and at each step of the buying journey. We're joined by Max Trailer. Max is co-founder and chief revenue officer for Breakout Revenue, where he works with complex solution providers, helping them to accelerate revenue using modern marketing and demand generation technologies and approaches. Max, welcome to the show. Steve, thank you so much for having me. We met a couple years ago in Boston at the HubSpot Inbound Conference, and you were giving a talk on content marketing. In fact, the company you were with at the time had a new product that you had been instrumental in creating called Content Marketing Blueprint. And now, uh, about six months ago, you left, co-founded Breakout Revenue, where you employ a predictive analytics approach to content marketing. Can you fill in some of the missing pieces here and tell us a little bit more about your story? Yeah, happy to. A um, couple of years ago, I was you know mostly jazzed about content strategy. It's uh, it's the content that's attracting and engaging leads now and growing businesses. So pretty early on, it was uh, it was clear to me that owning the strategy piece was really where we wanted to be. And over the years, what we found is that initially our our clients would get a lot of great uplift. Right, we'd create content, we'd interview the buyers to figure out what they really uh, were interested in. But six or 12 months down the line, we ended up asking ourselves, all right, well, you know, what content is really working? And uh, there was never a real clear answer to it, right? You interview people, you try to figure out what's working. And so what happened was people started to plateau in their results. And uh, I started to look for a more data-driven approach to content strategy which is where I started to bump into a lot of the new predictive analytics technologies that are going on. And um, I, wanted to, I wanted to take a sidestep and really focus on using data to guide content strategy um, versus you know, working in content production itself. Interesting. So tell us a little bit more about uh, the results that you had uh, with the Content Marketing Blueprint. And you mentioned that results were really good with that approach. Uh, maybe you can kind of explain a little bit about that approach and, uh, and why you think that uh, results were plateauing for you. Yeah, so um, the, the, whole, you know, the whole idea around content marketing is that you really understand what the buyers are going to want at each stage of the buying process and you not only have that content but you can deliver the content to the right leads at the right time. That's kind of the the golden rule of content marketing. And the blueprint was really a way to, uh, through buyer interviews and interviews with the sales team, map out what that process was going to be and what the desires of the buyers would be at each stage of the marketing and sales process so that your content could be mapped to those stages uh, and distributed accordingly. And that worked really well, uh, to a point, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, 
there, so what's what's happening in the space is people are investing in more and more content. So you know, think along the lines of two, three blog articles per week that costs a lot of money, and um, eventually you run out of things to talk about, and so you start repurposing material that you've already talked about, or you look at what your competitors are saying, or you're following what in industry influencers are doing, and we found that time and time again, the results, the you know, the little green bars that you see on marketing automation platform that shows you're getting more and more leads every month, mm -hmm. that would start to plateau. Right. And um, that would, you know, pretty much happen across the board. And the general response to that is spend more money on distribution, do more content, uh, you know, upping two to three articles per week to six articles per week. That would put a lot of pressure on the content team. That would put a lot of pressure on the people that you were interviewing to get that content. And uh, we started to hear about a, you know, a better way and really using data to better understand the interests of the buyer and to guide content such that um, when you hit that plateau, your, your answer to break through wasn't simply more content, uh, but better content and content that was really aligned with what buyers were reacting to at the time. Right. Okay. So how does the predictive analytics approach enable you to get a better handle on what your target market is interested in? Yeah, so the I guess the big thing around predictive is, is data, right? The amount of data available to us on what people are doing on the internet has skyrocketed. And um, so what that allows us to do, first off, it, well, I'll say that there's two pieces of predictive, right? They're the data that you have access to and then the algorithm that you're using to predict a future outcome. Um, and in the predictive analytics space, you'll find that uh, most of the vendors, say 99% of them, are focused on lead scoring, or basically taking all of the data that we can gather about your buyers and about their past behavior, and coming up with an algorithm that shows us uh, the buyers that are most likely to buy. Right, and that's a very specific use case, and that's sort of the uh, step one, where all the predictive analytics vendors that are focused on marketing and sales, that's what, that's what they're really doing. And to break through that and to get into content, we have to go a little bit deeper with the data that we're actually gathering. We, we can't work off of uh, demographics or firmographics or what people are doing. We have to take a step further and look for data that describes what these buyers are actually interested in. Um, so IBM was doing a lot of work with their Watson platform around text analytics, uh, mm -hmm. where they basically use something very similar to what Google does, uh, contextual analysis of content, breaking content up into topics and saying that, all right, this content piece is 90% relevant to topic A, 10% relevant to topic B, whatever. So what we found is that text analytics technology was really producing the data set that would allow us to... Uh, understand what people were actually interested in. Interesting. So the predictive analytics in this case to go out there and figure out what target, what the target market is interested in is primarily what data? Uh, it's really focusing on the content itself. Um, so the, the first step is to really understand what your content is about, which is that text analytics piece, looking at an article and saying, okay, I need to build a rich data set describing what this article actually means, what it says. And then by tracking users as they read through you know, basic cookie, marketing automation platforms do that, CRMs do that. By tracking people as they move through this rich data set, you're now building uh, an interest profile, I'd call it, 
of that person, which describes the topics that they're most frequently interacting with, that they're spending the most time on, and it really gives you a clear view of the topics that that person is most likely interested in, which opens up the door for a lot of strategic analysis. You know, you group different people, different buyers together, and say, "Hey, I, I'm going to look at what my most profitable buyers are actually interested in, and I'm going to use that to guide my content strategy. I'm going to look at." All the topics that my least profitable buyers are interested in, and stop talking about those things. You can do market segmentation analysis. You know all the things that you'd want to do as a content marketer that we're now doing, sort of manually by doing interviews and uh, looking at past performance information. It, it can really now be done through uh, tracking someone's behavior through that rich content data set. What companies are out there actually doing this sort of? predictive analytics? Yeah, so it um, it's just now coming from like the enterprise level down into the middle market. Um, the real pioneers of it, like the text-based predictive stuff, IBM Watson, they have a whole like platform for it. Again, it's geared towards enterprise. There's a company in um, India called Infosys has a really interesting project going on called the Customer Genome Project which I love as an analogy because that's exactly what we're doing, right? We're, we're watching people go through content to figure out what they're actually interested in. Um, so they've got a whole project where they're literally mapping out different industries and what topics are actually driving action uh, with buyers in those industries. So fascinating stuff. But um, in the middle market, that technology is start to be, starting to become a little bit more... Uh, uh, a little bit cheaper, a little bit easier to deploy in middle market firms. And I'd say that Europe is definitely ahead. Um, there's actually not a lot of U.S. companies doing it. Again, most everybody in the space is focused on uh, lead scoring. And there's a couple of reports that are coming out from Forrester and Gartner that are mapping out the, uh, the predictive analytics space by use case uh, here in the U.S. Max Trailer with Breakout Revenue returns in just a moment. Stay with us. I'm Steve Chenoweth, and this is episode two of The Predictive Marketer. This podcast is made possible by SQ Media, an innovative marketing agency and creators of the predictive marketing framework, making marketing ROI more predictable for our clients. Also by the SQ Media Kiva team, with our partners at Kiva.org, we fulfill our mission to provide entrepreneurial support worldwide. We provide $25 loans, which have a 95% payback rate, to entrepreneurs in third world countries, helping to replace hopelessness with hope and enabling human ingenuity to bring lasting positive change worldwide. We invest in jobs and trade, not aid. Visit us at sqmediateam.com. Welcome back to our interview with Max Trailer with Breakout Revenue. Can you define middle market uh, in this regard? Yeah, I, you know, we, we sort of define the middle market as anywhere between uh, twenty and twenty million to a billion in the U.S. Maybe a little smaller for uh, for Europe, but I guess it's like it's it's affordable stuff. Um, it's not something where you're going in and, and it's a hundred thousand dollar installation, which you'll which you'd find uh, most times with you know, the, the IBMs or the, you know, the emphasis of the world. So it's becoming something that uh, if you're investing in content, if you're the type of company that's been, you know, doing two, three blog articles a week for a couple years, maybe you've got an agency on board 
it's certainly not something that would cause you to double down on your investment. Um, it's finally becoming something that you can actually look at as a cost reducer in that, uh, you know, again, those situations where people are, are doubling down on content production to combat that, uh, that performance plateau, this is more of a way to say, okay, let's get smarter and not just go brute force with the thing. Sure. So how long does it take once you, once you get started with a predictive analytics company in this area to actually get actionable results? Yeah, so I, you know, I'd answer that in a in a broad sense because any predictive analytics uh, solution is going like the the rate at which a predictive an analytics solution can provide value to you will be subject to the amount of data you have. Sure. Uh, so it's about how many people are on your website or on the properties that you're uh, analyzing, how many people are taking the desired action that you want to. Um, uh, that you want to increase. So, it, you know, if you've got if you've got a thousand leads coming in a month, that's gonna you know the the value is gonna be right away. You're gonna have that sample size that really means something and that the decision makers are gonna be confident in. But if you're getting you know maybe ten of those desired actions, maybe it's a uh, a demo form uh, fill or it's uh, you know something becoming a new customer. If you've got a a SaaS-based software firm and people are purchasing online, you really have to think about how many people are taking those desired actions in what amount of time and ask yourself, well, how long is it going to take me to generate enough of a sample size to really be confident in my decisions? Sure. Okay, so I'm thinking about HubSpot right now because that's a marketing automation platform I'm familiar with. And uh, you have certain analytics within that software tool that gives you page uh, results, how many people have been on a particular blog post, that sort of thing. So in one sense of this, that would be similar to what we're talking about, but it's not uh, the exact same thing. So can you kind of compare those two? Yeah. So, you know, you think about predictive analytics, it's the, the data that goes into that algorithm is really what is creating uh, differentiated value in the market. It's not the algorithm. Everybody's got machine learning and machine learning, you know, you, you put data into a machine learning algorithm, algorithm and it will tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really about what data you have to work with. And marketing automation vendors like HubSpot have done a fantastic job of, uh, of aggregating a lot of different behavioral data. People are watching videos, they're downloading things, they're attending webinars, uh, they're going to your website, they're searching for things on Google. And all of those behaviors can be really indicative of uh, future actions. So again, HubSpot is looking at HubSpot and other marketing automation vendors have firmographic data, demographic data, who people are, where they work, that kind of thing, and what they're doing online. Um, all of those are are really great for the use case of uh, you know of lead scoring and saying, great, let me let me throw all that data into a vat and it'll tell me what the patterns are for my most profitable buyers. Uh, it's great for lead scoring. What is missing, I think, from the equation is data that actually describes what people are interested in at a topic level, and that's what is really you know, helping predictive analytics go from uh, a sales-based uh, lead scoring use case to solving that content problem of what do we write about. 
So the contextual analysis of content that we're talking about is going to give us information totally different than what we've been able to get from CRMs and from marketing automation software. Is that correct? Yes. And, uh, and a perfect example would be to, you know, take a look at a, a salesperson's, you know, Salesforce instance or their CRM instance. Um, I've done a, a ton of marketing automation integrations and the main complaint I get from the sales team is, well, great, I'm, I'm looking at the last 20 things this person did. Well, what does that mean to me? You know, just because they read a blog article and viewed a video and uh, clicked on something, that, that doesn't really give a salesperson confidence as to how to approach them or what, what subjects are going to resonate with them on that phone call. So the difference is in behavior, which is, you know, what is really mainstream right now and what marketing automation vendors are gathering. And then interest data, which is really something that has to be derived. Like you have to go out and find a, uh, a text analytics solution, and there are many, but a text analytics solution that will take uh, the title, which is how we look at articles today, and turn that title into a rich data set that describes what that page is actually about. Okay, so interest data is the key word here. Is there a difference between interest data and intent data? Um, yeah, in intent data. So um, intent data is really, well, so there's interest data and intent data, and there's a little bit of a difference. Intent data is basically identifying that somebody is intending to take action. Um, you know, something that says, all right, this person is really likely to schedule a demo in the near future, thus we want you to send this person a demo offer. Um, that is really going to be different than, you know, interest data, which is going to describe what that person is interested in at a topic level. It's usually expressed as a tag cloud or a set of topics with a weighted, uh, you know, a weighted numerical value for each topic. Uh, as it relates to that person. No, I you, see. you, Steve, you're 90% interested in content marketing, you're 80% interested in marketing automation, and you're 10% interested in predictive analytics. Got it. So interest data is really what, what uh, we're looking at here. That is what I think is going to solve the content problem, or at least allow these predictive vendors to start making headway into solving the content problem. Uh, whereas now, you know, everyone's really competing for that top spot in the uh, lead scoring use case. What would be a couple examples of predictive content analytics providers in the mid-market? For predictive content analytics, sure. So uh, two that come to mind are Idio, which is a platform in, out of London, which has a, a, content a content intelligence platform. Another one, which is more of an SEO-based uh, firm, is... Uh, inbound writer, so those are two, and then I expect to see a lot. So it, you know, it's a little bit new. The technology is there, um, but only a few firms are have really developed solutions to uh, directly impact what marketing and sales is doing. Um, and then you've got you know more point solutions for text analytics and user tracking, which could be combined to assault, uh, accomplish sort of the same thing. Wow, that's that's. Fascinating stuff. One last question. Most marketers were hardly aware of predictive analytics 12 months ago. Uh, I've been one of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and today it's in the news every day. So certainly all companies can benefit from predictive analytics. 
How do you see the future of predictive analytics unfolding? Well, the, the most important question to ask yourself when evaluating a, a predictive vendor is what, what do I want to predict? Right? Because you can, you can predict anything you want to. It's a completely new era and marketers are going to have to train themselves to ask the right questions. Right? What is going to drive the most value? Is it knowing what people are interested in? Is it knowing uh, which leads to go after first? Like, you know, we've got a client that's got hundreds of thousands of unused leads and they don't, they don't want to hire the sales team to call all of them. So a, a lead scoring use case in that regard is, is, very, uh, is very impactful. But ongoing in the future, where I see this going is more use case. You know, people are going to start to ask more questions of predictive analytics vendors. And that is going to drive more discovery into data sets. Like, what, what is that new data set that's coming down the line in the future? And today, that's mobile. Um, mobile represents a, you know, for B2B, B2C has already been down that route, but for B2B, uh, mobile represents the new frontier of data. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking before about, you know, the data that uh, you get in a marketing analytics or marketing automation platform, clicks, views, video watches, that sort of thing. You introduce mobile. And people reading things on mobile apps, you know where they are, sure. you know what direction they're facing, uh, you probably know where they went for lunch, you know where they work, you know how fast they're moving. Um, so there's just a lot more information to take in to those predictive algorithms, which are only going to make them more accurate and only going to make them a little bit more scary <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and a little bit too personal at times. How long do you think it's going to be before we're going to see that kind of uh, data uh, being aggregated out there in the next year, it, it's all it's all happening so fast, and so many different firms are entering the predictive analytics space with big backing. Uh, it's only you know it's only a matter of time before these guys go. Wait a minute, um, I, I've got a you know a mobile app buddy of mine. Why don't we just slap that onto the front end of our you know uh, data aggregation tool, and boom, you've got you know a much more accurate way to analyze people's behaviors. Max, what is the best way for folks to, to get in contact with you? Max at breakoutrevenue.com, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm doing a lot of tweeting and that sort of stuff at the Max Trailer. Fantastic. Max, this has been great, interesting stuff. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for listening to the Predictive Marketer Podcast. You can find complete show notes at thepredictivemarketer.com. Until next time, we're wishing you much success with your marketing.